Welcome to the podcast. I am Joel here with my dad. And I'm Rick. Boy, we're glad you're here today. We got a, uh, a tough topic, don't we? Tough love. That's, That's what I want topic. to talk about. You know, a few, I remember, uh, I think it was in like my 20s, I made this decision and I think I, I consulted you with uh, loosely about it. And afterwards, uh, it didn't go well. And I was like, dad, this went horribly. And you're like, yeah, I kind of felt like that wasn't going to be the best choice for you. And I was like, well, why didn't you say anything? You're like, well, I felt like you needed to experience it so that as it unfolded, you would kind of take it on as your own truth rather than something I told you. And I was like, what in the world? And so- Was that the time you were in the emergency room for six months? No, that wasn't it. (laughs) But it got me thinking about, you know, a lot of times- in, peop- in, in people's lives, they just have to learn by experience. And the most loving thing you can do is to just let them learn by experience. But then there's also love that yeah. says, you're going towards a path to destruction. You need to fix yourself, check yourself before you wreck yourself. <laughs> um, so where's the line between, t- and I mean, tough love, that's a, that's a big concept. Yeah, like, it is. First of all, you could go into cover. a whole podcast of what is love, right? Yeah. So- Give me your take on, like maybe specifically on that situation. Yeah. Well, you know, you're talking about when do you let somebody learn by making mistakes? Some things can only be learned by making mistakes, you know? I mean, there's some things that you just, people can tell you. uh, I mean, I think of marriage or having a child, for example. You know, Jonathan's getting ready to have their first child. And, you know, we can tell him, well, this is going to change and that's going to change and this is going to happen. But until you're in the middle of it and until you're experiencing it, you really can't even, it's not something you can comprehend. And and nobody really likes being told how much there, I remember when we were having a baby, I was telling yeah. us how it's going to be this and gut-wrenching and pain. And you're like, don't tell me all this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Let me just discover it on motive. It's going to hurt that much. Right. Because it's too late to turn back and Thanks now. for the encouragement. Yeah. 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 So there are some things you, you just kind of have to learn by experience. And, you know, it's like uh, if we guard our children, um, and never let them hurt themselves. They never learn to walk because part of walking is learning to fall down. And that's life too. Part of walking through life is learning to fall down and pick yourself up again. So I some mean, things that, just have to fall down. That is hard for me because I, I, you know, you want to, the natural response is to protect your kid from every potential harm. Yeah. Like, well, this is the loving thing to do to protect. And obviously you don't want your kid like placing their hand on a hot burner. Yeah, yeah. But there's other stuff where it's like, well, like when I watch her climb, the other day I was watching Elise climbing on these trees and I'm like, I'm going to hear tears eventually here. Yeah, oh yeah. But oh, I just yeah. need to let her cr- cr- climb. And sure enough, you know, 10 minutes later, dad, I fell down. Yeah. But there was a part of me that's like, let me just get her off that tree to protect her completely. But she's not from- 20 feet in the air to where she might break her neck or something. No, no, yeah. I knew she wasn't going to kill herself, but yeah. I knew there was going to be scratches and bumps and maybe a fall off the tree. And it was a small tree, but yeah. yeah. I look back at some of the old videos we have of you guys and- I can't believe, I mean, you're like, uh, Jonathan's like eight years old or six years old, probably about six, and he's out wielding a machete, you know, whacking through bushes, you know, know. and I'm thinking, what in the world were we? We were horrible parents, man. I'm surprised you guys are still alive. I, I think about that too, where we, the other day we were out at that property and we were, we're, we're letting her wander around. I'm like, yeah, and she's going to get, at this property here, there's, She's going to get scratched and there's probably snakes. There's snakes under some of these rocks oh, and some deadly snakes somewhere true. around here. You know, there's all kinds of things that the life world is full of dangers. So as somebody who is truly loving, that's where it can get tricky, I think. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. And, and first of all, you know, truly loving is a tricky thing. Like I'm a love, everybody thinks we're a loving person, but sometimes yeah, that's, we, you know, I, know. I saw that most clearly demonstrated when I'm 
when I was principal of school and things, you know, and, uh, and I've seen it in other parents too, but you see, you really see intimately into families when you're in charge and working with their kids. And I would see parents who uh, would not discipline their kids. And it's like, well, I just love him too much to mm. inflict any discomfort. I mean, they wouldn't use those terms, but they would say, I just love him too much. And go, you know, it really is self-love is what you're talking about. You love yourself too much to put yourself through the risk of him being unhappy with you, disappointed with you. And it is emotional agony. You know, it's the old, I'm, you know, this hurts me more than it hurts you, which I always thought that was silly. I always kind of told you guys, I want to make sure this hurts you more than it hurts me because you're the one who did wrong. But what they're talking about, I understand, it's that emotional pain of, oh, to inflict this upon my child. But scripture clearly says, if you love your child, you will discipline him. If you do not discipline him, you don't really love him. You're loving yourself. So that's where it gets tricky. We think we can be loving somebody else. Uh, well, you know, the passage in Proverbs, uh, which I heard you quote many times, open rebuke is better than hidden love. And so sometimes we see a friend of mm -hmm. ours and they're like ready to walk off a cliff, not physically, because if it was physically, we go, hey, yell, stop, wait, wait, wait. But if they're getting ready to do something emotionally damaging or some real stupid decision, many times we, well, I don't want to, embarrass them. I don't want to confront. So we don't confront because um, we think it's the loving thing to do. And then when they fall off the cliff or have that problem, um, then we're kind of there to help them. But we really could have helped them ahead of time. So that's, that's scripture. Open rebuke is better than hidden love. And, and the verse that follows that is wounds from a friend can be trusted, yeah. but an enemy multiplies kisses. That that's the one that comes to me all the time is I'm like, the, you know, you got a real friend when they're willing to wound you to by tell saying, you the truth. telling you what you don't want to hear. And, and yeah. a lot of times you have the, the friends that they'll just tell you everything to go along. Well, I think about the dating situations, like you're dating somebody that's just really wrong for you. And I'm just like, oh, we're so happy for your relationship, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And then you break up and they're like, oh, well, we didn't think they were really right for you. anyways. like, well, what the heck? Why didn't you tell me? Yeah. And they're like, well, we didn't want to sever the friendship. We're like, well, was it a real friendship if you saw me in a relationship that was bad for me? Yeah. That's Again, it's self-love. I'm more concerned about me and my relationship with you than really what's, what I see happening in you. That, that makes me think of, you know, so one of the most influential books I've ever read was The Road Less Traveled by M. Scott Peck. Um, I try to read it at least once a year. I haven't gotten around to it this year, but uh, the, one of his things is how he defines love is love is the will to extend oneself for the purpose of nurturing one's own or another's spiritual growth. Love is as love does, it's an act of will, namely both an intention and an action. Uh, basically, I, what I think he's saying is it, love is always an uncomfortable extension of yourself. If it creates, it's, love is gonna yeah. tend to be uncomfortable it's putting, in its purest form. I mean, we'll look at- putting yourself out there, opening your heart to the possibility of being hurt. Right, which, I yeah. mean, which again, Jesus always sets the example for us. I just think yeah, about that, exactly. like hanging out there on the, hanging on the cross, painful, the true act of love, the self-sacrificial love, which that's, I think that's what a lot of times it comes down to is the self-sacrifice element of things. Yeah. Yeah. Cause again, it's true. It's really loving myself when I'm failing, when I refuse to confront somebody over something and you know, we're not to be looking for flaws in people and we are to examine ourselves first, you know, look for the log in your own eye, that kind of a thing. But if you see somebody that's obviously hurting themselves by a decision they're making, then you can at least approach him humbly. You don't have to say, thus saith the Lord, you're going, this is stupid. Right. But you can say, you know, I, I'm just concerned about this. You don't have to be just hardcore about it. I know what's right. 
but you, and also many times other people are talking about it. All his friends are talking about it, and you're talking with friends about it. But you know that's the thing says Scripture says if you have odd against your brother, which this isn't exactly odd, but if you see something going on in a brother's life, you go to them. You don't go to everybody else about right? it. Right? Like, oh man, Joe's really making some bad choices. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's the easiest thing to do because you feel like you've discharged some kind of responsibility. So you said doing it gently, and I'll never forget. Uh, <laughs> we had a friend and he he basically ran a rehab program for alcoholics and he would have people come to him and say, I'm ready to change. He'd be like, no, you're not. Get out of here. Yeah. And they'd, they'd get so mad at him. And then, then they'd, he'd come, they'd come back weeks later and be like, I'm ready for change. He'd be like, no, you're not. Get out of here. And finally, when they hit the bottom, they'd come to him and, and they'd all at the end say, man, that guy really got me. Like he knew I really wasn't ready to change. And that's what's, what's tricky is how, yeah. how to know I mean, that to me, I'm like, dude, you just were, you, that guy's vicious. Like he just drove away somebody who said he was ready to change. Yeah. And you, based on your opinion of it, didn't think he was ready to change. Now, in this case, he got it right with people. Yeah, well, that story was one I heard at this guy's funeral. And these were people who he had helped. It kind of makes you wonder, maybe there were 50 people he had turned away who then went back and never sought help again. I don't know. That's a good point. We only see the end result of it. Yeah, so. you only see the good testimonies there, you know. Which, which, I mean, that's where it gets tricky is, was it uh, people, you only change when the pain of staying the same outweighs the pain of the change because change yeah. is always painful. Um, so when somebody needs to make a change, how do you know when it's time to address it? And how do you know when it's time to let them kind of go their way and beat their head against the wall more? Well, going back to this, I think the idea of approaching somebody humbly, you always have to look at not this guy as our example or not this word. Yeah, that as didn't our seem very humble. No, it, it no. seemed very, I know you're. So already. look at the Lord Jesus in all this, you know, and, I, and again, you kind of have to take that with a grain of salt because he knew what was going on in somebody's heart. Mm -hmm. So he kind of had a leg up on us in, in that aspect of it. But you see, when there was somebody that was in pain and hurting, you know, as they say, he always uh, comforted the afflicted and afflicted the comfortable. So the only people he was really harsh with were the religious people. And that's part of that is because he said, I didn't come for everybody, which we always say Jesus came for everybody, but no, he just came for the lost. He said, so looking at the example of Jesus, he was really only hardcore with those people who really felt they had it all together. And people who we would have thought he would have been pretty hardcore with a woman caught in adultery, for example. I mean, you know, she's caught. Hey, mm. you know, no question. And yet he's very gentle with her. And so I think we, and in our situation, we never really know for sure. We can think, we, we feel like it's bad and hardly ever are we ever 100% positive. And so if we approach it with a gentleness, plus it helps people to receive it better. If somebody comes to me and says, you're about to make a stupid decision. Well, then I just kind of, you know, immediately rise up and go, well, who are you? But if you come to me and go, you know, I'm concerned about you and I, I just see this happening and it might be, then I'm more willing to say, well, what, what's the concern? Let's, let's talk about it. Let me think about that with you. Which, which brings up a good point of some issues that I've got with, with uh, tough love on the internet. Uh, because <laughs> That's I see, not love at all. <laughs> I see a lot of people saying, well, I've just got to speak the truth on the internet. I've got to post the truth in the comments section on people when they're wayward. And I'm thinking, um, first of all, there's just no nuance when you're doing it online. Yeah. Well, um, first of all, you may not know the truth. Well, that's true. It's amazing right. how little we really do know 
but yeah, True. somebody posts something online, an opinion, and you feel the need. I've got to correct that. Yeah, and and the challenge there is, first of all, it's open. Re- it's it's truly like wide open rebuke. Yeah, uh, which it's not. If you have aught with somebody, it's like you said that verse. You go, go and confront them one on. But they say, well, this is you know they need to be their their foolishness, their ignorance needs to be exposed publicly. That to me, doesn't seem like what Jesus would do, except that he did that with some people, but they were the ones that really thought they had it together. I think of yeah. the, the rich young ruler. Hey, Jesus, what do, what's it, you know, what do I need to do? And Jesus says, oh, uh, well, he even says, good teacher. And Jesus says, why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. I mean, he's kind of like snarky with him. Mm-hmm. And then he says, um, don't do, you know, do these commands. And the guy says, oh, I've done all those. And then Jesus like drops the bomb and he's like, okay, then go sell all you've got and have and give it to the poor. And the guy's like, oh, oh no. Uh, okay, never mind. And so he bails, but that to me is a sign of tough love, but he didn't do it. He was a little snarky though. I don't know that it, it was, um, was snarky. He kind of asked him, what do you think it needs to be? You know, and he, and he says, you're right, you're right. And the guy, I think in the guy's heart, he felt like he had kept those, those commands, you know, so- I think Jesus was challenging him at where he was, you know. Yeah. Because um, he knew what what was in his heart, and he knew what was in his heart was a love of things and a love of this earth, you know. Which we don't we don't have that luxury of always knowing what's in someone's heart. Yeah, and that's so that's I, why you approach gently. I guess where you go in with minimum necessary force. Yeah. When you go in with minimum necessary force, confronting someone, even if you're gonna, especially if you're gonna be tough love with them, um, you don't want to just blow them up and destroy them because those who have been blown up and destroyed don't like to hang out with those who blew up and destroyed them. So you may say, well, I did it all in the name of love. I think we need to define love too. Remember the characteristics of love, love is patient. Mm -hmm. So when we say tough love, we're saying tough patience. Love is kind, tough kindness. So you're going to be kind even if you're not receiving kindness back. So if you're really saying tough love, then that's Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not uh, hold, uh, it's not rude. So you're going to be tough, but not rude. Because if you're being tough love and you're not being those characteristics, you're not being love. You mm-hmm. can call it tough love. But so you, can even you be when, tough and kind? Can you be tough and gentle? So can tough you, doesn't mean harsh. No. Yeah. Okay. I, I agree with that. So it, it, tough is like, you know, it's, it, you maybe have eaten a steak that's pretty tough. Right. This thing, you just can't hardly chew it. You just can't hardly tear it apart. And that's what tough is. I'm going to hang in there with you. I'm going to be gentle. I'm going to be kind. I'm going to be patient. I'm not going to be rude. No matter what comes, I am tough in there and holding out. So the tough love is based on how you are, not on the love that you're throwing out at somebody else. It's not tough like I'm beating you up with love. With this. No, that's what we think. Yeah. It's kind of like I get to be, uh, you know, Sylvester Stallone. I'm gonna smack you upside the head with love. It's tough, tough love, man. You're gonna thank tough. me later. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. That, that's not love because it's not patient, kind, gentle. Which brings up an interesting question. So, I think in our society we have kind of come to equate love with unconditional acceptance. Um, mm-hmm. the idea that well, if you really love me, you'll take me in all that I am. And I don't think that's an actual accurate representation of what love is. It's not unconditional acceptance of everything about the person. Well, I think the problem there is you're failing to draw a distinction between the person, who they are, and what they do. Mm, good point. And so I can, I can accept you no matter who you are. But if you you're know? doing something destructive, right? it's not loving of me to accept something that's self-destructive that's your, or destructive to others. Right. 
And that's, that's where the problem has come in. If you love me, you must love everything I do. Mm. But no, no, you are not what you do. You are separate from what you do. Which that's, I think that's the real challenge because a lot of kids, you know, so I, I, I talk to parents a lot of time. Their kids are, you know, acting crazy or running yeah. from God or whatever. And they're, and the parents start confronting them about their actions because the actions are what's defiling them. Essentially, as Jesus would say, it's what you, you know, it's what comes out that defiles you. And they're like, well, you're not accepting of me and who I am. And they would mm. say, well, no, I, it's just not, I'm not accepting of your actions, but th- we have a hard time separating our, because our actions in many ways, we can define who we are by our actions. Yeah. And many times it's a manipulative thing on the side of the kid too. That's true. You know, if I just say, well, you don't love me. Then all of a sudden mom and dad feel bad and they go, oh, we do love you. We do love you. We'll just accept everything about you, everything you do, you know? And no, that's not it. We, We do love you, but we reject what you do. And what's that got to do? Because, okay, if, if we love you while you're doing this and you change and do something different, are you not the same person? It's, right, it, you're still the same person, and and if you're if we really love you and we see you doing something that is leading to your own destruction, um, then we're gonna address that. But if it's like, well, it's we're gonna love you whether you do good things or whether you do bad things, uh, the the same. Well, that but that is it. Okay, well, that is we love you, right? Uh, it's it's kind of like this. We were talking. We don't love what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. there was a time when. Uh, you were getting ready to do something that we weren't really in favor of and we'd talked to you about it and and it wasn't sin or anything like that, but we just thought it probably wasn't the best for you. And finally, we had kind of come to the decision that next time we got together, we were going to say to you, you know, Joel, you know our, what we think about this. We are not for that, but we are for you and you will never again hear us say anything about it. But but no, we're, that doesn't mean we're in favor of what you're doing. Right. But we're for it. Well, of course, next time we met, God had really dealt with you about it and you had changed your mind anyway. But I think that's the distinction. It's like, I am for you. I am not for this, but I am always for you. And, and I am going to quit ragging on you about this. I'm going to quit, uh, t- but, but know where I stand, but I'm for you. Which again comes back to the idea that tough love isn't about how you give the love to someone. It's about you being tough enough to say, I am for that person. I don't like what they're doing. But even if they keep doing that stuff, um, I'm going to be tough enough to just suck it up, zip my lip, and just say, okay, they know that I'm for them and they know I don't like what they're doing, but I'm going to be here yeah. when they when they crash and burn and need to come back. Yeah, that's the toughness that's of you. That's the hard part. Yeah. But that's what's hard sometimes is you you don't have the toughness to endure seeing them make decisions that are destroying them. Yeah, yeah. And, and I wouldn't say that always you would say, and I'll never say anything about this again. In that situation, I felt like that was the best pros. But sometimes you do just need to say, um, well, you know, um, this is the choice you made and that is the consequence of it. So mm. quit your belly aching. No, that's, that's, that's not tough love. But the point is sometimes you do need to maybe kind of bring it up again, just to, you know, not to nag, but just to remind them, hey, there is another choice here. You can't go another way. Yeah. And I, so, yeah, the toughness has to do with hanging in there. And I think you mentioned being there when they crash and burn because that's the thing. I see so many, well, parents and friendships and things. You've got to keep the long-term perspective because oftentimes you want to see them change right now and you don't and you get frustrated and so boom, I'm off of here. And then when they do crash and burn, they can't come back to you because mm-hmm. 
you've made it, you've set up another barrier. It's hard enough for them to humble themselves and come back and say, boy, you were right. Well, they're not going to say that. But now if you have totally rejected them, now you've set up an additional barrier that they have to jump over to come back to you. I think about the prodigal son. He had created barriers in his mind that the father didn't even put up. Dad put so they have enough barriers in their mind. Like, well, I'm going to go back and I'll tell my dad, okay, dad, I know that my your servants have it better. So I'll just come and be a servant. And his dad's like, the barrier is not even there, but we've created a barrier in our mind. So if yeah. you add to it and make it clear yeah. that, well, you're not coming back here for any help, buddy. Yeah. Uh, that's not tough love. That's just... What is that? <laughs> it's not godliness, I guess. No, yeah. it's definitely not godly yeah. by by the parable that the Lord tells. And imagine if he was that way with you, you know, if the Lord was that way with us. He says, okay, you forgave, you know, I forgave you once. You went out and did it again. Okay, it's not gonna be this easy second time, buddy. You know, right. you're gonna have to earn it. You're gonna have to prove it. Uh, I might forgive you six months down the road if you keep walking straight and doing straight and never do this or that or whatever, think that again. But we'll just see. Which is what most people feel about God. I've sinned, I've outsinned the grace this time, one too many times. And and God, uh, but God's like the whole time, again, that's the tough love. Jesus is like, nope, I already absorbed all of that for you. Come on back yeah. and let's let's clean you up here. Well, and the crazy part about that too is to think that you think of God in the as some sort of a, has a quantity of grace or a quantity of love. Okay, I've 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 overdone the quantity of love, but that God is not love is not something God does. John says God is love. love. So you cannot outdo because it's who he is. It's not something he does or feels. It's 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 his nature. He couldn't stop loving because he would stop being God because that is who he is. Now, there we see again. That doesn't mean that everybody goes to heaven, unicorns and bunnies when we die because <laughs> love has consequences in it for, for wicked behavior. Mm. I mean, I don't love my kids if I allow them to do things that are destructive toward them and destructive toward others. Which, okay, so there's a line there too, though, is that when your kid is under your authority and power, yeah. you've got a lot more responsibility than say a kid who's out of the house and yeah. doing destructive things. And you just hit upon a big point because you were asking earlier, when do we let somebody go and when do we step in? And I think one of the first things we have to determine is, is this an area where we have a degree of accountability or responsibility? Right. Because there are a lot of things that are really none of our business. You know, if I see mm. my neighbor out there and uh, if he's whacking his kid with a baseball bat or something, then, you know, I have a responsibility as a human being, as a citizen, et cetera, et cetera. But if he's out there and, and doing something in his backyard that uh, I disagree with or don't think is the best, you know, it's really none of my business if it's not infringing upon me or hurting somebody. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we're not at liberty. And that's what you see a lot on the internet. You know, people just disagree with whatever. And so they feel like they have to make a comment because my, somehow my opinion is valuable. It would be unloving if I didn't speak the truth that they're not seeing. Yeah, right? yeah. And, and it probably really doesn't matter. And it's none of your business anyway, mm -hmm. you know. And so the first thing is, is this an area of responsibility where we have an authority? And as you know, we're facing some situations like this now where, I've got an area where I just, I, you know me, I don't like confrontation. <laughs> right. I, I, I would avoid it all day if I could, but I'm in a situation where I've got this area of responsibility and accountability, and I've got to do something very uncomfortable because of the level of accountability that I'll stand before the Lord one day, and he says, I put you in that position. Yeah, why didn't you step up? You didn't Which is, anything. again, the loving thing, and love often leads is the most uncomfortable path. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and so you, first of all, is it even any of your business? And then second of all, I think you need to analyze, is this really 
a problem or is it just my personal preference? Right. You know, I mean, is it just, I, you know, I remember going to a church one time and the guy was, worship leader was talking about how, oh, this, you know, this is the type of songs it has to be, you know, the worship wars, you know, this is the type of music it has to be. And so just kind of poke some fun at him. He didn't know I was poking fun at him. I said, so if somebody likes country Western music, can they, can they worship with country Western? And he looked and kind of thought, it was a personal preference. Right. But somehow he thought it was a spiritual, um, spiritual understanding that he had. And so first of all, is it even any of your business? Second of all, you really need to find out, is this really affecting other people or is this just something you don't like? You don't like that particular color. You don't like that particular way it's happening. You just don't, is it just a personal preference? And then um, is it hurting anybody? Or again, is it just something that kind of irritates or agitates you? Because there's no sense, you know, if you, as I say sometimes, if you grab every bull by the horns, you know, yeah. like, take that bull by, if you grab every bull by the horns, you're going to end up pretty bloodied. So, so tough love is more about your willingness to do the hard thing than about the way you confront the person who's doing the wrong thing. Yeah, because it is t- when, and maybe that'd be a better way of saying it, it's tough. Well, for some people, for most of us, if you're healthy, it's tough yeah. to confront somebody that you really care about. It's easier to ignore it. And, and oftentimes, unfortunately, what we think is love is actually not love because it's not extending yourself. It's doing what extending yourself in a way that's uncomfortable, what it's instead doing is what's going to make me feel the best about myself, yeah. not about what the other person needs. Yeah. And sometimes that's what we do too. You feel there's this, you, you feel like I have to talk to him about it. And all you're really doing is just vomiting out yourself. You're just purging yourself to where you feel mm-hmm. better. And it really doesn't help them. They go away kind of just like they've been vomited on, you know, you just dump yeah. it on them and okay, well now I've spoken the truth. And that's where it's very important. I think it's Galatians where it says speaking the truth in love. It's not just enough to speak the truth. It needs to be, it does matter how you do it as well, in love. And doing that is tough sometimes. Tough love. Thanks for listening to this podcast. If you want more information from Joel or Rick, you can visit joelmalm.com or rickmalm.com. Please consider leaving a review of the podcast. 